0: to episode 11 of You Shall Not Pass Go. We are your hosts, Dave and Genghis. And we are hosted on GeekAid.com. What's your geek? We almost messed that up. Almost. almost. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. Once again, happy holidays. I know by the time you listen to this, it'll now be the new year. It will be. 2017. 20. We are recording slightly before Christmas Indeed. on 2016. So slightly, slightly, like, like two days. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um... We're starting off with Aether Revolt. Yes. By this point, you'll know more about this than we do. We're making assumptions (laughs) here. We're making general assumptions.
0: It's also very possible you might not know anything more. That's true. But we've got about 16 cards spoiled right now. Yeah. 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 Um, Mm. Most fascinating things of which we can take away. First off, I want to talk about uh, Disallow.
1: Oh, that's why you have more than me. Because we're both using two different sites. Um, But yours is probably counting the the other planeswalkers. It, yes. All right. Okay.
0: By other planeswalkers he means once again of course just mm-hmm. like in Kaladesh um the planeswalker like intro decks that yes. they created are returning. So there are two versions of the planeswalkers that are in um Aether Revolt. At least two of the possible several planeswalkers. In this case, Ajani and Tezrit, but more but on them in a moment. Going back to um, disallow, his favorite card.
1: Uh, not and- <laughs> my favorite card.
0: I a, I a return to
1: almost a return to form, but not quite. I'm shocked
0: at this counter. Yeah. Um. For those that don't know, disallow is a three cost counter, um, which is pretty uh, standard, I'd say by mm-hmm. now. <laughs> uh, a pretty standard counter in Magic, but. Uh, in this case, it's a rare card for either a Revolt. It costs two blue, one colorless, and has the same effects as Void Slime. It allows you to counter target spell, activated ability, or triggered ability. So it's yes. like it's an all-around counter.
1: It is an all-around counter, um, an instant blue counter, which is, you know... I mean, they're every... always
0: instant. I know. Well, not always. A sorcery blue counter? Yeah, you're right. How could you counter? That doesn't make any sense, Jen What are you talking about? <laughs> You've been
1: playing magic for years. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah uh, a very robust counter um i wasn't aware of the slime uh when it came out honestly it wasn't really on my radar because it's not my
0: i mean the thing about void slime is i get it it's a three cost counter as well but it costs two blue and one green yes so you have to dip in order to use it correct this isn't an any man's counter you're running blue for counter you can run disallow mm-hmm. um and I also just feel like it's it's such a better counter and I'm wondering what it's going to mean for counters in the standard. There's a part of me... I know it won't happen, because I'm pretty sure they've said it just won't happen, but there's a part of me that wonders if this is a prelude to them reprinting Counterspell. That would be quite the thing. I don't think they would ever reprint Counterspell, because I don't think they want it in Modern, and it's not in Modern right now. They really...
1: uh, Wizards is definitely pushing Magic. They don't want Magic to be slow. They want Magic to be fast and over quickly. I mean, but Counterspells would possibly do that. Possibly, but they also still inherently lengthen the game. Yeah. Um but so, it's just but the fact that they even printed one that I mean yes it's a three drop so it's not like you're gonna counter something off turn one but it's still a very decent counter. Um I wouldn't mind pulling it in a uh
0: in a draft. I know? think it's I think it's great. I mean it's gonna decro- it's gonna decrease the cost of void slime. So if you've got void slimes, I mean I'd sell them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're that type of person that wants to sell, sell your Void Slimes, I mean, because Disallow... Anyone's that run, Anyone that's running Void Slime would be completely dumb not to replace it with Disallow. It just makes more sense, because it, it, even if you're running green in the deck, you just... The fact that you can play it with any other color if you didn't happen to have green still makes it the superior counter.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's... Honestly, by the time this comes out, there's going to be... This is going to be out in the wild, so like if you haven't sold your green void, your slimes by this point, you're just going to keep going down. When's
0: is that coming out?
1: Beginning of January? Yeah, January. I thought it was January sixth. Was pre-release.
0: 36 is pre-release. I was about to say. I think. I think uh, they're gonna have one more week after one more we say week, this. But still, get them out. Get them out there. Get you know. Um,
1: liquidate. Sell. 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 But the reason. The reason <laughs> these I bring are up are
0: falling. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Bob from
1: Bob's Counter Spells. Uh, I was doing the real money. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing Bob from Bob's Discount Furniture.
0: Um, gotta sell the void slimes. Get all void slimes. Liquidate them. Uh, My discount. Book. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh so the reason I bring up the counter spell mm. I just feel like disallow is just such an amazing counter mm-hmm. and being that it's an amazing counter um it's it just replaces everything in the format in my mind like cancel was their standard counter yeah two blue one colorless cancel like that's like or like you know some form of a cancel mm-hmm This just replaces it.
1: It, It's really, it's playing to the, uh, to the environment because, you know, I mean, granted,
0: it's not going to change the modern game up. No. I don't think because Void Slime's already in modern. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, I don't know how many people actually even run a cancel in modern, it really? would just it wouldn't be But I'm sure I think sense. most counter decks like involve creature type counters, like if you're running like Merfolk, mm-hmm. maybe. Um but then again I've never really looked at the the control aspect of modern. Most yeah. modern decks run off really, aggro. Yeah,
1: because aggro's just faster. Yeah. Because they don't have force of will to worry
0: about or anything like that. Right. Um but anyway, long story short, I just I feel like it is a very powerful card. For, at least for Standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'll am i be interested to see what, what else they do with it. Indeed. Um, um, other cards that we're privy to. I mean, might as well, since we brought it up. The Tezzeret and Ajani's. Um, I'm not even going to bother talking about the ones that are coming in the we, intro re- decks. We really don't have to even... Cause they're they're not, just shitty Planeswalkers. Yeah, like, I don't know what else to...
1: They're not competitive. They're yeah. For you know, they're, they're nice looking. Um, um,
0: But I will talk about the other two. I actually, um, I actually
1: like the art on... The new Tezeret. On the the Planeswalker deck, uh Tezzeret and the Johnny compared to the
0: Oh I don't. I like the in the I like the regular Tezeret yeah. much better. Yeah. Mm. Um so we have Tezret the Schemer. Two colorless, one blue, one black. Five loyalty comes in, which is already pretty good for a four-drop um planeswalker. Plus one creates a colorless <laughs> artifact token named Ethereum Cell, and it has tap sack it. Uh, Or sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So it's a a tap it. Right, tap, sack it, and you get a mana. Um, Minus two, target creature gets plus X minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of artifacts you control, which can either be a small buff for your cards or a kill for your opponents. Indeed. And then minus that's seven a, that's is... That's a very volatile mi- minus two. Well, Tezzeret's a very volatile dude. I mean, look at his hand. It's like it's, fucking metal. It's it is metal. <laughs> <laughs> Tezzeret's metal. Uh, you get an emblem with a minus seven that at the beginning of combat on your turn, target artifact you control becomes artifact creature with a base power and toughness of 5-5. Five, five. Um, which is interesting that it is an emblem and you can get it off of three turns of Tezzeret. I mm-hmm. mean, turn one it comes in. You plus it to plus it one to six. Next turn seven, and then you can pop. So very very quick and easy. I like it. Yeah, he's got a he's got a good mix. Um, a Johnny Unyielding, however, four colorless, one green, one white. Or should say so four very expensive, right? Six <laughs> drop command. Uh, excuse me, six drop planeswalker. Plus two it comes with four lo- uh, four loyalty counters. Plus two is reveal the top three cards of your library. Put all non-land permanent cards revealed I this mean, way
1: that into a, your hand. That is a very
0: powerful ability. It's pretty good. <laughs> minus two is exile target creature, and its controller gains life equal to its power. so to exile. Well, more of a swords to plowshares. That's, that's true. Um, and then minus nine counters, you get five plus five... Oh, excuse me. Put five plus one plus one counters on each creature you control, and... Five loyalty counters on each other planeswalker you control. That's going to, oh
1: my God, that's going to be nasty. I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about it in a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> um and then just to kind of go along with that is the Oath of a Johnny. Oath of a Johnny is one green and one white enchantment, just like the other Oaths. Mm-hmm. It has a basic ability and then a planeswalker specific ability. Its basic ability is when it enters the battlefield, you put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. And its planeswalker ability is that planeswalker spells you cast cost one less to cast. Um, so first off, that oath is broken. Yeah that oath is just <laughs> that oath is just crack. Yeah. Um especially if you're running those colors like that oath should just be everywhere. Um but as for the Ajani, outside of the commander format, I really think he's too expensive. Yeah, he's uh, maybe they maybe I, I because think, of the oath. I don't think he's
1: like when he draw he's not I don't feel like he's a bomb in limited. Just because he's like his impact when he hits the board isn't as severe. As, like, other planeswalkers can be.
0: I just um, don't think he's worth playing. By the time you have six mana, if you haven't won the game in standard mm-hmm. or modern, like, this is not the card that's going no, to win you the this game. It's not
1: a standard or modern card. There no. are better standard or modern cards. Even if
0: you're playing Oath of Ajani, you're still looking at a five drop commander mm-hmm. or planeswalker. It's this just is uses, the second time I've done that.
1: Bare, bare just I mean, we play it so much.
0: I know. Um, <laughs> commander on the brain all the time, um,
1: all day, every day. <laughs> It's just you know, just better really, just use the oath in other decks that are centric around green, green, white. Right. Yeah. You know? Um. So all in all, um, there's I a, there's something else I want to point out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if uh you caught it as well. Dark intim intimations. I
0: we're not there yet. We're not, we're not there yet. We're not we'll there. get there. All right.
1: Sorry. We'll Sorry. get there. We'll get there. I didn't know you had a you had a plan. I had a plan. I thought you were winding down. Nope. <laughs>
0: Um, so a Johnny, um, all in all is, uh, I think our, our assessment of a Johnny is not the best plans Walker for the
1: set. A nice little addition to your commander deck or, I mean, still not bad if you draw him. It's still like a decent card to throw in your limited deck, but not really worth bringing to standard
0: or modern. I agree. Um, so I guess we want to talk about dark intimations next. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Um, Dark Intimations is a card that says... It's a Grixis card. It's, it's a Grixis, it's Grixis card. It's Grixis plus two of anything, so five drop. Um, each opponent sacrifices a creature or Planeswalker, then discards a card. Mm-hmm. Then you return a creature or Planeswalker card from your graveyard to your hand, and then draw a card. Kind of similar to Cruel Ultimatum, but like a yeah. mini Cruel Ultimatum. It's like a tiny Cruel Ultimatum. Yeah, you know, that was like a nickel Bolas thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, wait, what's the second ability on here? Whenever you cast a bolus planeswalker not the bolus planeswalker <laughs> but a, a. <laughs> bolus planeswalker card or spell excuse me you exile dark intimations from your graveyard that planeswalker enters the battlefield with an additional loyalty counter on it so there's a bolus coming do you think there's a bolus coming in this set
1: uh well here's the or thing Do you think they're kind of being like flavorful as heck and getting us ready for the next set
0: the next set we know is bolus centric yeah but if you look at the Aether Revolt symbol, I had a debate about this. If you look closely at the Aether Revolt symbol, yeah. those outside things those look like bolus horns. They look like bolus horns. So and we've got Tezrit here already. So I mean I would not Do you think be just
1: paving the way for his master to come uh, to I don't
0: know. All I know is that bolus is coming. That's a Grixis card. It's got Bolus's name on it. Yeah. It's it's a bolus coming. Um the last card I kind of want to touch upon out of what we have right now. Very broken card, especially in limited. But I can see it just being abused as hell and in, and in, in modern and even in a standard is heart of Kieran, mm. heart of dead dad, <laughs> oh dead dad, dead dad's heart. Um, Dead Dad's Heart <laughs> is the best vehicle they've ever
1: printed,
0: <laughs> which is not saying much because, you know, vehicles are new, so that's like, you know. But still like, That's not an amazing feat, but still, yeah, it's it's the first vehicle that I looked at that I was like, all right, this is a card because this vehicle yeah, I have a question. Hold that thought. All right. This vehicle is a two drop, you know, obviously it's an artifact, so it's just anything, just two mana. Mm-hmm. Um and this one has crew 3. You tap any number of creatures you control with total power three or more to turn it into the artifact creature that it will normally be. Um, however, its other abilities are you can remove a loyalty counter from a planeswalk you control rather than pay its crew cost, and the creature becomes a 4 4 flying vigilant. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Four four flying vigilance with crew three already isn't bad, especially for two mana. That's just like a chump artifact to put down early game. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like if you're running walkers, if you're running a super friends deck, yeah. Like this
1: card is there, great. There you go. Some really cheap uh flying vigilance, goddamn um now my question is, I know it's not a creature, but can you use it as your commander? <laughs>
0: It's not a creature. Oh. It has to actually be typed legendary creature. So if we, uh, it specifically doesn't, it. doesn't say artifact creature. It says legendary artifact. Vehicle. Well, vehicles are the subtype. That's true. Um, it would say legendary artifact creature oh. in a supertype.
1: I wanted I a... Wanted Heart, to, Heart to, of Kirin. Heart <laughs> of Kirin. <laughs> um,
0: so that's pretty much it in terms of things that I'm really impressed with, but we're also not looking at very much.
1: Yeah. We're still only like the tip of the iceberg. We don't even know all the mythics. Um, you know, we have very little... Inf- from what we have, we have very little information at this time. Right. Uh, we'll definitely be... We'll be revisiting this in our January... Oh, no, we won't. <laughs>
0: oh, you know what? Should we just tell them? No, we'll save it to the end. Oh, no, we should tell them. Tell all right. Yeah. All right,
1: you want to save it to the end? No, I mean, it, it makes more sense to say it now. All right, so... so as you all know... By looking at the episode number. This is our 11th episode. That means our next episode will be our 12th episode. We'll have been doing this for a year.
0: This will be the one-year anniversary of You Shall Not Pass Go. That's right. On geekade.com. What's your
1: (laughs) 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 geek? I'm just like Ted at this point. But uh, all joking aside, uh, to mark this momentous occasion, we
0: decided to have a special... Uh, anniversary episode. It's going to be a double episode. That's right. Two episodes <laughs> worth of probably lengthy episodes. Yeah. Um, worth of something that we thought would be a lot amusing of fun to us. Definitely amusing to us. <laughs> Hopefully amusing to all of you. Probably devastatingly that's horrible <laughs> for our guest star, um, uh, our buddy, our uh, buddy and co-founder of Geek Aid, That's right, Evan Goldstein. Mm-hmm. Um. Evan has decided, Evan is, you know, Evan has his own (laughs) geekology and his own sort of mix of what he does and what he doesn't do. And magic and Dungeons and Dragons are not part of that. It's not in his purview. He's more of the comic book, movie, TV guy. Mm -hmm. Um, So we decided hey, wouldn't it be fun to uh,
1: teach our old pal, Evan? How to play Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we're going to have a double episode, one episode where we teach him Magic the Gathering and run him through a game or two. And then a second one where uh, I'm going to create a character for him, oh. um, pre-made, because I, I think character creation would just be a bit much to walk through. <laughs> we um, forget so much. Yeah, right? <laughs> and then uh, we're just going to run him through a module, and Genghis is going to be his like plucky companion That's adventurer. It's right. <laughs> That's going to be great. <laughs> uh, so look forward to that in the coming months. Indeed. Um, so...
1: We'll we'll talk about Aether Revolt eventually. Yeah,
0: we'll get we'll get we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Aether Revolt. Well, we'll probably review it then in our February. our February. Our uh, I guess we call it our thirteenth episode. We're yeah. going to call it episode twelve, part one, <laughs> and episode twelve, part two. I guess. <laughs> uh, so our thirteenth episode, well, you will you will hear our our whole review of Aether Revolt. That's right, and possibly our predictions or comments For on Amon Ke- or Amon on Amon Bolus. Yes, yeah.
1: right. So uh. But anyways, going back to Magic.
0: Yeah. uh, In other Magic news, the Standard Showdown has been a thing. I think it actually ends tonight. I believe so. Tonight is the last night of the Standard Showdown. Um, The Standard Showdown is this promotional thing that Wizards has been running to sort of... uh, Get
1: people to get in... Get get
0: people into Standard, but at the same time, maybe this is a way to soften the blow of Mm -hmm. the new Standard Rotation. Um, if I'm correct in what I've read, standard is rotating differently now. So there are less sets in standard at any one given time. Now there are pros and cons to this. The pro to this is that will all around make it an easier format to pick up for newbies because there's not the less, the less current sets that there are in standard, Mm -hmm. the less cards that they have to go and track down and get and buy there's less of a pool for them to buy the strategy is more simplistic yeah you know it's much easier for them to pick up and start playing magic um competitively even the downside is of course that wizards (laughs) are you know money grubbing whores Uh. (laughs) and uh the whole reason is probably just the fact that they just want more money from standard players
1: yeah you know it's possible uh it could be a number of things
0: it's money Let's let's be honest. I mean I think money was a factor. Let's 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 be honest. All right. It's yeah. money. It's always money. Hasbro. Um and I the standard showdown packs that you get from the standard showdown are like these special prize packs that are given out. I think they have like three cards three in them. Three cards. And one is guaranteed to be a premium card. And I think all the cards are of some certain quality. A
1: standard set. They're all standard. Um, Well, one premium card from the currently legal standard set. Right. And then two rare or mythic rare non-premium cards from a set currently legal and standard. Premium means foil.
0: Right. Uh, So I guess (laughs) the foil card isn't necessarily a rare. It can literally be anything. And then the other two cards are either rare or mythic from the current standard set. And there's also a chance in the three-card pack you can pull a Battle for Zendikar Expedition Land or a Kaladesh invention. Yep. Um, so, I personally haven't gone for Standard because I don't play Standard. Um, yeah, do but I. a friend of mine, who I work with, took his son the last couple of weeks to a couple of Standard tournaments, and he opened up a good number of these packs with his son, and had told me he got he got nothing. Uh-huh. It's been junk the entire time, uh, and that the the coolest thing he saw was a guy next to him one night packed at um the expedition strip mine oh but outside of that there wasn't really much to the packs not enough for him to like if this became a regular thing it wouldn't be an incentive necessarily for him to go um it would instead be more of just like an added bonus
1: yeah i mean like you said it's definitely just more of like draw people in with the allure of possibly good cards uh, cause they were, it, honestly, these people were probably going to play standard
0: anyway. So, yeah. Like, I mean, like uh, it's like he had a standard deck. Yeah, it wasn't I'm, like that, something you know,
1: new. The people probably play F and like just adding another day on a Saturday where they would play more magic probably isn't like pulling them out. I'm not sure. I wonder how, you know, I don't know if we'll ever get like, you know, it'd be nice if, you know, they got metrics of this, but, like how many new players or how many more players they got, uh. For these standard showdowns, as opposed to like an F&M. Right. Um that'd be cool to know. But I don't know if they keep track. I'm sh- <laughs> I'm sure they really more keep track of how much product moved. But <clears throat> but yeah, so that's the standard show, uh, say, uh, which is probably going to be over uh, by the time this episode comes out.
0: But um, well, like I said, I think it's over tonight.
1: Yeah, but maybe they'll do it again uh, with the next set. Uh, that would be cool. But anyways.
0: Moving on, we thought it would be fun to maybe create some magic cards. Yeah. Um, specifically. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can do yeah. that. Let me get closer to the mic. Yeah. <laughs> um, specifically, taking our favorite fictional characters and deciding if they were in magic card format, what would their colors be? And even maybe what would some of their possible abilities be? I don't want to get too technical here. Yeah. Because it might take a while for like, what's their converted mana cost? And <laughs> how many loyalty <laughs> counters do they come in with? And, you know, can they be used as a commander? What's their power or what loyalty mm. they come into? I, I said with. that already. Oh, you did? I'm sorry. I thought you meant how many loot This is count. what happens when we nerd too hard. <laughs> um, so, yeah. On the basic level, on the basic scale, what's a character you enjoy of fiction- who and what would they, what would be their their color flavor? And give me like an ability or two, to think that they would have. That's
1: ooh, let's do Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, so okay. I think green, green, definitely yeah. green, mono green. Um, but then baby Groot is green white, he is green white. <laughs> um, I think Groot's plus, he would have one of his, it would probably be plus, minus, and then alt. Um do you want actual numbers on the No, no, like there. I said, don't be too technical. All right, so <laughs> So his plus would be uh I think his plus would be that he deals damage with his plus. I think that or fights. No. <sighs> I'm trying to think
0: because like It's okay, they can be broken, they're fake.
1: Oh yeah, it's true. <laughs> so his
0: plus Jake <laughs> is like, "No, that would be that would be balanced." Sorry, I must. it's <laughs> like this
1: designer part of me, it's like, "No, it has to be a balanced card." Uh but I would say his plus is he deals like damage to a target creature. Um minus is he uh he creates mana. <laughs> he creates a forest. Ooh, that's nice. I like that. Actually that should be his ult. That is his ult. <laughs> so uh, I honestly couldn't think of a minus for him, but um actually the minus should be deal damage. That's probably makes more sense. His plus should be like generate green like generate or like uh add three green mono to your mono pool minus is he deals damage to someone uh and then his ultimate is uh prevent all <laughs> combat damage for the turn uh and uh create two oh create uh three yeah three basic land tokens that are treated as forests. Interesting. Isn't it?
0: Yeah, I guess. But it'd be, yeah, all right. But, I mean, the prevent all damage would have to be until the end of your next turn. Yeah, probably. Because sorcery speed. I would say that, then. Maybe, but I feel like that's not powerful enough. I feel like his ultimate would be... He's creating mana. Yeah, but I feel like his ultimate should be more powerful. Powerful, like, in the sense that, like... Like a token? You get an emblem that says prevent all combat damage dealt to... Creatures you control.
1: Yeah, that'd be intense, right? Yeah, that would be broken, but we don't I mean, care about I don't, balance. I'm not sure.
0: I'm not sure it's that broken. There are already cards that do that specific uh, ability. True. I mean, because you're not saying prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to you and creatures mm-hmm. you control specifically creatures you control.
1: I wonder if like you would make it so that his ultimate would be all his like create a symbol for like all his loyalty counters. Like you have to destroy Groot. In order to get his emblem. Maybe that's the balance. Is that like...
0: uh, Remove all?
1: Remove all. I'm not sure that can be a thing. Like minus all or something like that.
0: Or maybe if the minus was like minus X and it says if X is all of the counters on group, you get the emblem. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, like, Like minus X, he just creates mana. Yeah. But then minus... But then the addendum is if minus X is you know all counters prevent all combat damage yeah. something like something that something like that so cool how about you David yeah for me I think uh, i was gonna go with Harry Harry Potter Blackstone oh Copperfield oh no. Dresden you know all the names <laughs> um was it Harry Copperfield Blackstone I think Blackstone comes first before yeah. Copperfield yeah. and his two middle names <laughs> um yeah Harry Dresden from the Dresden Files um Definitely blue. Blue. Definitely red. Yep. (laughs) I while I think he can spice he can like spice himself to anything. Um I would say blue, red, and then some amount of colorless mana. I feel like he'd be like a four drop, maybe more. Depends on his abilities. Um his first ability, I would say, would be probably something to the effect of like deal. I feel like he's a deal damage effect, like Mm -hmm. a basic deal, a flickumbicus. a
1: flickumbicus. just a tiny little, like like
0: like a a deal three damage, a target creature Mm -hmm. or player, like you know what I mean, like something like little like pop. Mm -hmm. Um, Then his minus ability would be, I don't even think it would be minus. I think for him it would be a zero, a middling zero ability. His middle, yeah, his middle zero ability would be like. Deck manipulation, something like in the sense of Jace the Mind Sculptor, like maybe like a brainstorm, like, you know, draw three and <laughs> I like put back that. two. I like that. And then his... Would you give him four abilities or would you give him three? I mean, just because I love Dresden, I would maybe give him a fourth ability. <laughs> um would, would Then you, his basic minus, I would say, his basic minus would be... I think his minus...
1: Something like uh, frost base, like tap, like uh, maybe like tap and doesn't untap until next phase. Yeah,
0: maybe like tap two target, up to two target creatures. Those creatures don't untap until your opponent's next or until th- those those creatures don't this, untap during your opponent's next untap. This step. is a
1: minus. So you can give it a little
0: extra kick too. I think that's fine. Yeah, because then I give it an ultimate. Oh, what's his ultimate? Oh there's so many things it could be. There's so many things it well, could be. Like soulfire or like Yeah, I was thinking like soulfire or the winter mantle or <laughs> or something something of that in nature. We should talk about Dresden Files more on this podcast. You should, but it's just not doesn't cover any of the uh, we could just slam it in D&D somewhere. I suppose. Ooh, um, I
1: have an idea, but we could save that for another cast. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> but I would say an ultimate would I I mean if it was the soulfire effect I would say something to the effect of like minus X, um, you know, the Harry Dresden planeswalker Walker deals um, double x damage to yeah. target player and I like it. regains x life i like it I like so it. deals a whole lot of damage and then regains not some of that blue though no that's but it's kind of red and white it's more white is life gain yeah so maybe i don't know i don't would know it what Would be red
1: white and blue would it be american
0: i i think <laughs> maybe maybe but i'm not sure he i don't know maybe, maybe I, that might be i don't know i don't know man it's weird like i i feel like he could tap in anything it could also be something like it could be something super blue like your opponent's permanence um, no longer untap on their untap steps like you get an emblem that says your opponent it could be a
1: curse it could be his curse it could be his death curse yeah you'd be like target opponent cannot raise their health above (laughs) 5
0: target opponent cannot win the game and you cannot lose the game (laughs) <laughs> but I feel nasty. like that's that's like an instant win, though. Like you know what I mean? Because then what does your opponent do? They can't get rid of an emblem. It's true. You can't yet. Um and how this, much would that cost? That's a bit overpowered. That's a bit, like, I don't think you could do that. Uh I think
1: I think limiting health would be a nice one, or like uh something like that. Ooh. Yeah, sorry, I was just thinking like the the brainstorm could also be like you could also think of it as like his wizard vision. Yeah, could, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I mean deck
0: manipulation and basic basic damage is definitely yeah. Those are right up his. Alley. Like those are Dresden abilities. That is
1: red and blue too. But so finding an
0: ultimate, I mean, another thing could be like you know, create a land called Demon Reach <laughs> that is all that you know is also a creature and is like you know a twenty twenty <laughs> like. Crazy like, yeah, like, you know, like something something ridiculous. Defender. Or- something like like and if and like and if Harry Dresden would be put into the graveyard, you may sacrifice Demon Reach to Oh that's intense. To this, this return is, this is a wordy card. Well, I think I think it would be like put put I think it would be put a land called Demon Reach mm-hmm. into play that is also uh maybe we'll make it like a five five creature that has tapped sacrifice, return Harry Dresden to your hand. plans Walker from the graveyard to the battlefield. Yes. I like that. I think that would be a That's good a one. That's a good old. So it's like he has, so like you could deal. So then that would be his, so his, you asked what the other ability would be. So, okay. So I got it. So here it is. The plus ability is the basic damage. He has a four. He's like a Jason, the minus. Goal, he's okay. got four abilities. He's that cool. Yeah. Of course. Um, he's a wizard. Yeah. So he's got basic damage. Target player or creature takes three damage yeah. for a plus. Mm-hmm. Um, a zero, a brainstorm effect something, you know, or ponder effect something that involves deck manipulation his minus will be just minus X um, and he deals X damage to no, I guess we don't, do you need to do that? yeah I guess it could be like a minus X and he would deal a certain amount of damage deals double that damage to target creature no, that doesn't make any sense because he has the other damage I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that wouldn't
1: something to spend all of your loyalty counters on when you have Demon Reach out,
0: right? Yeah, like I if understand. if Demon Reach is the ultimate, then what do you like? Then, what is the then make his
1: make his plus a tap? Don't give him a damage dealing tap. Uh, damage dealing plus, right? And make so make his it, so, damage so, dealing. Right. So make his, his his minus X, which is Soulfire.
0: Okay, so yeah, so his plus then would be tap target uh, tap up to two target permanents. They don't untap during your opponent's. Yep. Uh, Untapped so That's the frost. Yep. That's the winter mantle. Tech manipulation for wizardry. Yep. Then minus X deal X damage to target creature or player, mm-hmm. and then ultimate Which would just double. Right, deal double. Yeah. And then uh, well, I don't know about double. I would just have it be do- just still X, damaged. otherwise too broken. Okay. Yeah. And then
1: minus we, we we are not caring about. I these know, things. but still, I'm doing it.
0: <laughs> and then finally, it would be like minus some whatever amount that would make sense mm-hmm. for the demon reach. And then if he is, like you can tap nine. Sack Demon Reach and put it, you know, yeah. take Harry Dresden and put him back. That'd be cool. Yeah. That would be cool.
1: It's a solid, recurring. That's a, that's
0: a really nice card. You just can't keep that they guy should, down. They should make that card. You should make that card. You should <laughs> do a lot of things we say, Wizards, but you don't <laughs> listen to this yet.
1: No, they do listen because they take our ideas. And that's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's We're true. see
1: next set. It's going to be Jace the... Jace the Ultimate Wizard, Jace the Dresden Wizard. He's gonna somehow get
0: red, an unprecedented red in Jace. Him and Chandra. He's gonna feel. He's gonna feel for Chandra so much when she dies at the hands of Tezzeret. He's gonna be like, "I'm tapping into red
1: mana." He's
0: like, "I have this is for you, Chandra." That'd be intense. A red Jace. Red Jace. Red Jace. Best Jace. Oh my god. Red blue Jace.
1: All right. Uh, do I want to do more? Do I do like one, other, one more? Yeah, we can do one, one more each. Yeah, all right. Uh, so I think I'll do, um, one of my D and D characters. I think I'll do Kurt if Kurt was a, uh, a planeswalker. Mm-hmm. So Kurt is a barbarian. So I would say he would be probably mono red. Cause I don't think there's much green about him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think red black even works. I think Kurt is mono red. Definitely, definitely red. Um, uh- <laughs>
0: Definitely red. Um, Definitely red.
1: Because like, I really can't see him being any other color. Um, his plus would be, actually, do red cards fight?
0: Yeah. Red, well, yeah.
1: I mean, it's more like a red-green trait. I, I would want to give him the the Gideon, this card becomes a something-something. Like, he wants to fight. He doesn't want to just sit idle. I think, like, this card becomes a... Uh, like a three-three or like his like five-five. Five. walkers are good as five-five. Yeah, like make you know this card becomes make it like a. But that should probably be his minus then. His minus should why be why not? Gideon's plus is yeah, but he becomes like a two-two.
0: No, certain ones he he's a one-one one,
1: or it's like a indestructible too. Yeah, some yeah. of them. Some of them he's really powerful. So then I will do it. Yeah. So he becomes a five-five double strike. That's what he becomes. Five-five double strike and fights target creature. You think? Sure, why not? Yeah, it makes sense cuz he likes to fight. He's a barbarian. Sure, why not? Um so his that would be his plus uh his plus he might cuz he'll probably take damage off of it anyway. Um his minus will be uh let's say he so let's that's fighting. Now let's tap into the barbarianness. So you want to make berserking. Do you want to make? Do you think berserking should be the ultimate, or do you think berserking should be the? No, that would uh, be a minus. All right. So then uh, he would give it.
0: Give it berserk. Yeah. Target creature gets berserk. Plus, yeah, plus X. Was it plus X plus O and trample where X is its power?
1: Yeah, that's good. I like that. Uh, he abused the berserkingness in someone else, uh, and then his minus. I would want him to be an emblem because emblems are cool. (laughs) Um, But I think his minus should be more like, ooh, I know what his minus is. It's cleave. He does. uh, I just think his minus should just be a big, like he deals uh, like 10 damage to uh, the opponent and every creature the opponent controls. Something like that.
0: What if it was like all creatures you control, you get an emblem that says all creatures you control get plus three, plus three, trample, and menace. Ooh. So it's like they, they're they berserking, they're beastly, they're berserking, they're overrunning, but at the same time, like they're cleaving in the sense that they can only be blocked by yeah. two yeah. or more creatures. I like it. Yeah, Kurt.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's not a
0: really great card. I wouldn't play I like, him. I like that card. I'd play that card in a red <laughs> green day. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's other factors. Mana cost. Yeah. Loyalty counters. Like, there's other factors involved, but I mean, as a basic concept, that's a good card. Yeah, okay. Yeah, why not?
1: And Dave, what's your last
0: card? Oh, geez. Um... <laughs> Looking around my room here, like, uh, Lamp, uh, uh beholder, lamp the planeswalker. Um, um, dragon, beholder, Thor, Captain America. Uh, uh, let's see. If I had to think, I, I want to choose somebody good. Um, I'm trying to think of other literary characters. Uh, um, what's his
1: face? I mean, you already did a wizard.
0: Nah, <laughs> Nicodemus? Nicodemus. No, I was gonna say, uh, Elementor. That's super. No, Nicodemus. No, not definitely not Elminster. I already did a wizard. Um, and not dritzed I don't want to. Too many people have like decided like what dritz may or may not be. I yeah. feel like that's like a. It's already treaded ground. Yeah, I gotta find like, what's, what's like a character that I've come across recently. Is someone someone new, someone fresh, man, Batman. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> I kind of almost want to do another Dresden Files character just because yeah? the first one was so much fun. Like Michael. Like, ooh, <laughs> I could do Michael, do but mine. like pre. Spoiler alert! Pre crippled Michael. Yeah, Michael in his prime. Or can I do super butters?
1: Super butters.
0: Yeah. Uh, Come on, man. Uh, <sighs> I think. Oh, I could do a Bob.
1: Bob the Planeswalker?
0: No, uh. like. Just a card? Just a card. I don't think Bob would be a Planeswalker. No, it wouldn't make any sense. I think Bob would just be a card. It's yeah. an artifact. Yeah, do
1: it. Bob, all right. Bob the artifact. Yeah. Even though we said we are going to do play I guess we didn't really specify. Yeah,
0: we just said characters as cards. We <laughs> just assumed they'd be Planeswalkers. Um, all right, so Bob the Skull. Bob the Skull would be an artifact. Not even an artifact creature, just a basic artifact. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say he would... His basic effect, mm, when he comes, I have some ideas. I mean, I know what his 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 big effect. His big effect would be, it would be something. It would be a tutor. His big effect is, is a tutor. That's what I was saying. Like and he's a, thinking, he's definitely he a like, tutor. His tutor is like it'd be did. like tap three and tap him. Search your deck for a card, put it into your hand. Like mm-hmm. he would be he would be a tutor. Like absolutely, I would say instant or sorcery. Okay, I can get on board with that. Search your deck for an instant or sorcery card. Because he's a wizard. Then I'll I'll drop it down to two mana. Two mana, tap. Find target instant or sorcery card. Reveal Reveal it, it, of course. And put it into your hand. And shuffle your deck out. Shuffle your deck. (laughs) Maybe make him really powerful. Make him a mythic. It's one and tap him. Yeah.
1: That is a powerful card. It's a
0: mystical tutor on a stick. (laughs) Even better, because it goes straight to your hand. No, you know what? Because it goes to your hand... I'll keep it two. Two and tap. There you go. Um, But I feel like he would have a coming into the battlefield ability as well. I feel like it would be. I feel feel like. (laughs) Well, actually, I feel like it would be another deck manipulation ability. It would be like when Bob the Skull enters your battlefield, enters the battlefield, reveal the top.
1: I know what it is. When Bob the Skull leaves the battlefield, he gets shuffled back into your deck.
0: Mm, so I don't know about put that. into the graveyard. The two.
1: It's hard to kill Bob. Bob always finds another vessel to be put into. Well, I could just
0: make him indestructible. Yeah,
1: but I feel like I feel like the recycling version is better.
0: Maybe. I feel like I the, you the you other to, two because you have to
1: make a new vessel for him.
0: The other two things that I think he might do. The two ideas that I had. The first one is a factor fiction effect, where when he comes into the battlefield, it'd be like draw the top five cards of your library, put them into two piles. An opponent chooses one of those piles. That pile goes to your hand and the other one goes to your graveyard. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I was thinking he might do is something similar to the <laughs> Metal Urgens summoning, which is like that stupidly powerful card that Joe keeps telling me to buy a play set of and I probably <laughs> really should listen to him and buy it. Um, For those that don't know the metallurgist Summoning, it is a very broken card. And I never quite realized how broken until Joe was playing it in our big game. And I looked over and I was just like, damn, that card is so stupidly broken. And Joe was like, yes, it is. It's probably going to get banned in EDH. And I was like, then I should get it now while it's not. (laughs) um, Metallurgist Summoning is an enchantment that essentially what it does is anytime you play I think it's anytime you. Ca- I don't know if it's anytime you counter.
1: Whenever you. Uh, so <clears throat> the card is whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create an XX colorless construct artifact creature token where X is that spell's
0: converted monocost. Okay. Which is already broken because th- what that card effectively does is it says if you're playing a deck that's running counter and burn, you now have something that's going to net you creatures as well. Yeah. But if that's not broken enough. Read its second ability. So it's uh, five converted uh, exile metallurgic
1: summonings. Return all instant sorcery cards from your graveyard to your hand (laughs) and activate this ability only if you control six or more artifacts.
0: So as long as you have six of these creatures you've created from this alone, if not other artifacts, you can effectively get every single instant sorcery back that you've played during the game. That's right. That's intense. Yeah. It's a pretty broken card. So I feel like Bob the Skull might have that ability. Oh, boy. Like, if Bob the Skull goes to the graveyard, return all instants and sorceries from the graveyard to your hand. To your
1: grave. That's intense. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's, that's the summoning. I know, but it's like, damn. Bob the Skull, man. It's got <laughs> secrets. So many secrets. Secret knowledge. Um... um. Moving into D and D, yeah, kind of a smooth transition here. Um, talking about favorite characters, mm-hmm. we talked a little bit once before about characters that Jenks and I like to play. He said his favorite character really to play was ever was um, Tarazos Wilm mm-hmm. because of you know the metal arms, and then for me it's always been Alibrus Archimedes, who is you know classically has gone through many iterations, but <laughs> so it has always iterations. is always at the end of the day um, a spellcaster. He is a mage by by and large. He is a mage um the type of mage he is has varied across the years but that's the one consistent thing um so i guess the question is is when did the character become like start to really become your character like when did you start to identify this as like you know this is the character who you are Yeah, You know, this is like your general archetype. This is the character you play often. This is the character who, when you think D&D, you think this person as you in the game. Mm -hmm. Um, When did that really start to happen and why, I guess?
1: Okay, I'll start. Um, So, despite despite what, you know, what it was fun to play, I, I really feel like I've grown more and more attached to my character of Kurt. Um, Kurt the Barbarian uh, you know ever since I played him in Dave's games and I played it very recently in a uh, a Dungeon World game with uh, our mutual friend Glenn and Dean from uh, Geekade um, Kurt I really feel like despite all the times I've played Kurt before I feel like I really found Kurt in that Dungeon World game as short as much of it was a one shot as short as it was I really found I feel like the defin like really like what defined Kurt because I did I found Kurt's title um, because every, every time it was just simply Kurt. Kurt, 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 Kurt. That's it. But then I was like, you know, I should really because as part of Dungeon World, you have to add like a you don't have to. But they suggest like, you know, you're not when you're a barbarian, you're, you know, Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Mighty, you know. So for me, I was like, what is Kurt? What is really Kurt at its core? And, like, "Who? what am I when I play Kurt? You know, when I when I assume the mantle of Kurt, who do I become? And it's like, but, I, you know, I put myself into all the characters I play. And I really feel like Kurt is Kurt the Jovial. It's like, you know, and my favorite line that I kept repeating during the game is like, Kurt is barbarian, but he is not savage. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it was like, it's like, you know, if you remember uh, Wreck It Ralph, it's like Zangief. Like, he is a bad guy, but that does not mean he is a bad guy. Because, like, he's just, he will murder you. He'll rip you in half. But he's a great guy. <laughs> like, and, like, that was like. So. <laughs> Zangief is
0: like is, your, you know, your he, spirit he, animal. He was
1: actually kind of like a chef in that version. Right, he invented sous vide cooking. <laughs> and he was in the search of the perfect meat. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, that was like, it was like, that was like the f- most fun I played as as Kurt. You know, it's like, I mean, but it was because it was a lighthearted game too. I was able to joke around a lot. Um, you know, but like that was like, damn. That's how that's who Kurt is from now on. Maybe not so much the chef thing, but like just like Kurt is friendly, he's loyal, he's like, you know, he's a fierce competitor, like but altogether he just wants to enjoy himself and have, you know. I think that's really that's really when I felt like Kurt really clicked for me. Hmm. Uh,
0: have, you ever, have you ever felt something similar with one of your characters? I mean, yeah. It was it was Alibris, and it's always been Alibris. It wasn't. Actually, I shouldn't say it, it was always Alibris. Um, w- originally, my d d character, the first one I started playing as was Leogun. Um, Leogun. And that's a
1: name I haven't heard in ages.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a name lost to the annual time. Uh, um, yeah, Leogun. Um, that was like my go-to character name for a very long time. Um, I'm pretty sure I got the name Leogun from some kind of anime. Um, but Leogun was like he was a champion, but he was a he was like a rogue. He was a roguish thief. That was like kind of his uh his motif, so to speak. He was like an assassin. Like I was obsessed with being the assassin i remember really in 3.5 liking the idea of insta killing somebody but (laughs) that's um, what they did back then yeah but like i just never i don't know i never played it just wasn't my style it just never really clicked like i played them and i tried them but it never really got anywhere and then eventually i'm not sure what spurred the change But eventually, I think I just decided I wanted to play a magic user. Like, I started to get obsessed with the idea and love of Dungeons & Dragons magic. Um, And, you know, always have been, always will be, like, obsessed and in love with magic. It's why most of my characters, no matter kind of what character I'm playing, (laughs) like, my default god has become, like, either magic itself or the god of magic, if there is one. Mm because i just have like this this love of um it's not the dungeons and dragons i like the dungeons and dragons it's the magic and dragons that i like <laughs> those are the two things i love the most about dnd are Very like rarely dungeons these days <laughs> but like i like it's just it's not dungeons are fine even in the like the metaphorical sense like a dungeon mm. doesn't have to be a literal dungeon it could be like you know a, a town or a city yeah. it's still you know in terms of what they're saying but I just mean in terms of like things about D&D that draw me in and have always have is the magic of it. Mm-hmm. The fantasy, high fantasy magic, elves and spells. Yeah. Um, And then dragons themselves. I mean, I am obsessed with dragons. Like I love dragons. you got many adorning your room right now. I do. Very much so. Um, So I think for whatever reason, I decided to play a sorcerer. 'cause I hated the idea in three five of preparing spells because partly because I think I was at an age where first off, if I was playing and not dming like there was no way I was ever gonna guess what was gonna happen to me the next day, and I hated being unprepared for battle and then having to go like you know I've staff got, hit, <laughs> I've got fog like <laughs> i I got a d four like here we go, smack, oh, yeah, smack, like these are the you know. Like, spells were, were a thing, but at the same time, like, if a wizard didn't have his spells in 3-5, a wizard was useless. Yeah. So
1: This was before fun little damaging cantrips.
0: Right. So, I mean, for me, the logical choice then was sorcerer because I didn't have to prepare my spells ahead of time. I didn't get as many spells, but if there was a spell I needed, boom, it, it was, was there. there. And I liked dealing damage. And I started to kind of, like, pick up and play, but once again, I, I fell into this same sort of trap where I was dealing damage, but it wasn't like if my spells were gone for the day, I always felt useless because I was like, I had no armor and I couldn't hit for shit. <laughs> and even if I did hit, I was dealing like a D's 40 worth of damage, just wielding a staff all the time. Yeah. Because wizards had to have staffs. They had
1: to. I mean, that's but all they know.
0: I When it really started to click with me, like I was like, oh yeah, this is a character I can play. It was a two-part thing based off of these facts. It was when 3-5 came out with the class War Mage, (laughs) which was a sorcerer that inherently got to wear progressively better armor and had a decent proficiency with certain weapons that allowed them to be a martial class as well. So you got spells and you got to play as a martial character. And so even if my spells were tapped... I could still do things, and they they was it was sorcerer style, so I didn't have to prepare the spells. And I just remember they also got like these crazy like you can imbue your weapon with your spell and well make no, that a... was I think that was later. Oh. It was more of just they got the crazy like sudden maximize mm-hmm. and sudden silent <laughs> and like all these sudden feats. And I remember I did like a sudden empowered, sudden maximized fireball at one time when my character reached, like, level 14 or something. And I remember the amount of dice I rolled. <laughs> it was just like, a, it was like 36 dice on the table or something. It was like some ridiculous amount of dice where, I like, I took, I bought these little x like, D6s. <laughs> and I literally, I think I had to roll almost every one in the pack. Oh, and it, nice. they just cascaded across the table. And I just remember that feeling, just being like, just Jesus Christ, like <laughs> I just decimated. And it was at that moment that i like, I realized like, I didn't want to play a different character. Like I always wanted to have that feeling and it wasn't even, and the armor and the martial aspect have fallen away. Like since that time, like Alibus for the most part is just a wizard now. Yeah, like amazing. I've, I've stopped playing like in five V I, I could be like a Kensai mm-hmm. or excuse me, Kensai, Um, and I could wield both might and magic, but at the same time, like I enjoy more having access to higher level spells and just being a wizard. Like, I enjoy just having damaging cantrips. Yeah, you know, it's a satisfying feeling we're only that much dice. It is. And, I mean, the dice are scaled back now yeah. in 5e, but even still, like, I just, the idea of magic, the idea of a wizard has just always stuck with me. And the race always kind of, depending on the addition and depending on my personal feeling at the time and what I want to do with the character, Alibyrus' race always fluctuates between human elf and half elf, um, he's always somewhere within that caliber, mm. but that's, that's it, man. And just from that time, it also, it just like really made me feel like this was me in a and world. And that's nice. yeah. And Alibris like is a name. I don't even know how I came up with Alibris. I don't know either, but it flows off the tongue. I mean, <laughs> Ar- his, na- his last name Archimedes. I simply took from Some sweet
1: alliteration.
0: I mean, it is sweet alliteration. But Archimedes came from um, Merlin's owl. Yeah, in Sword in the Stone, um, Merlin's you know pet owl was Archimedes. I know, and <laughs> that was that was that was where that came from. But mm. Alibris, I mean, might have come at one point from Alibris. Um, or Libris, which is a website where you can sell used textbooks.
1: Oh.
0: Um, and huh. maybe I heard that, but I feel like I, I made up Alibris before I had found out about Alibris. I found out about Alibris my senior year of high school. And I don't know if that was around the same time I invented Alibris and his name, Or, but I feel like it was like my junior year of high school that I started playing Alibris slightly before. But regardless of when I started playing Alibris, um, another thing that really connected me to him was the fact that the name is very much my own creation in the sense that, like, for the most part, I don't <laughs> know if this is still true, but for the most part, if you were to search, if you Google Alibris, yeah, something that you're seeing, 99% of the time, if you get a hit that actually spells it correctly and is Alibris, you are getting something of mine. They're, like... I've never played an MMO where there's never where there's ever been another Alibris. There's been plenty of Leo Guns, like Leo Guns up the wazoo, but there's really never been another Alibris. I'm usually the only Alibris. Um, it's like a username that I have for stuff and everything. And Jengis just googled it and literally found an art that um, was done for me. I think this was done by. Yep, this was by our buddy Phil. Um, I was like, "Oh my
1: god, I found something on DeviantArt Art that's not." Oh, wait, I know who that. I know that art style.
0: I know who this is. That was done <laughs> for me for Gaia Online. That was my. That was my Gaia Alibris. That's funny. Um, so yeah, like I said, like there's. I'm pretty sure it's like 99 chance that if you see the name Alibris online somewhere, it's me. <laughs> um, All ubris. Uh, but yeah, so that was that. That was definitely the thing that cemented it. Jengis is just googling Alibris and laughing, and I don't I'm know why. This
1: Gaia online stuff. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I could go deeper into this well.
0: <laughs> Save it for later. Um, uh, but I, yeah, you know, it's just like that was the that was definitely the other moment, the moment where I was just like, this is something that a name and a persona that I have created that only I have, because it was also really upsetting to find out like. There yeah, like were other, what, Leo there were other Leo guns, like that was another that was another nail in the coffin to never wanting to play Leo gun because I was just like, "There, this is already a thing. Like mm-hmm. this name is used."
1: It's it's sad for me too because I had an original name, but then Fairy Tale the manga co-opted it for their big bad guy, and now everyone thinks I copied it from there.
0: Zeref. Zeref. Yeah. But I
1: had Zerf. You know, I had Zaref you had Zeref way before. Day like that's the only re- way i can know but it's spelled differently
0: but now you now you're zor off when you I am, play it I am usually now <laughs> but yeah it was just it's i'd say that was the, that was why that mm-hmm. was why it kind of became my my persona in dungeons and dragons is alibris solid and you know even when i'm not playing alibris i'm kind of always playing alibris
1: <laughs> i know i know you are buddy <laughs> So in addition to that, we also have uh during our last month we had our special episode. So we missed really any other news as far as D&D went. Yeah, we skipped D&D hard. <laughs> but during November and also now December, uh they have been really uh Wizards of the Coast has been releasing a pl- a, a smorgasbord of other <laughs> Arcana.
0: Yeah. Uh, they were like, "Hey, those two dweebs t- didn't unearth <laughs> Arcana this time. Maybe we need to step our game up." So they
1: have released, at this point, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven Unearthed Arcanas, one for each class. Well, not each class yet. But the, the majority of classes.
0: I think they're going that, like in alphabetical order. add
1: additional class options. Barbarians get Primal Paths. Bards get Colleges. Um, clerics and Paladins get Domains. Druids gets Circles, so on and so forth. Um, there's a lot to take in. And uh, this is actually pretty interesting uh they haven't done this for the previous uh, actually they might have but they're issuing a survey after each one so i'm one i'm curious if they're like gearing up for another book like a player's handbook too
0: i have a feeling they're going for player's handbook too
1: mm-hmm. but, um, like there's there's a lot of information here um kensei is for monk actually that was funny you brought it up but can, they're letting monks do it
0: now, too. Yeah. So you could already do it as a fighter. Yeah.
1: But they're giving monks like a uh, like they can make their weapon like a magic weapon. Uh, kind of like imbue their chi into their weapon. Is what they're doing for. monks.
0: I'm a little. You know, it makes me a little. I, I walk with trepidation because mm-hmm. like I feel like around the times of players. Handbook two is usually where the game starts to get a little overly murky.
1: But. Honestly, they haven't really done much. like Which is good. So, like, I don't think, like, this would really be too murky. Mm-hmm. I think this would be good for errata. Like, you Maybe. know. I don't because know. Because, like, I feel like there's a lot of errata that's out now that's not really in the player's handbook right now. Yeah. Um, You know, I could go over a couple more. Um, Paladins get, like, a... We're, we're
0: effectively just going to skip on Unearthed Arcana again because we'll be honest... <laughs> We didn't expect there to be, like, seven of them. Yeah, so We have not read them in I, I w- detail. I
1: would recommend just going out and because uh, we're not going to come back to this.
0: No. Um, we'll tell you whether the, or not we the, like them overall. There's going to be a but,
1: couple more in January, so maybe we'll hit those up. Uh, maybe we'll pick our favorite
0: uh, of them. In the February cast. In the February cast. Yeah, why not? We'll pick our um, favorite.
1: But, yeah, go check them out. There's a whole bunch here, especially if you like, the, you know, if you want more options for the classes you're playing take a look uh yeah so now they'll do it for a D segment yeah and we can move on to board
0: games board games so we decided instead we're we're running out of retro games that we really want to review i mean there I mean, are we more could, out there we could but like but some of them are just like eh yeah i mean we should review the ones that are eh but this month we decided to do two newer games i wouldn't call them newer per se i mean they're they're newer old games older new games they're oxymoronic in nature (laughs) really (laughs) they're
1: uh, what's the word for it um anyways they're not old they're not like old they're modern games yeah
0: they're modern games but they're not like new in the sense that these have been 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 around for over a decade yeah or it
1: has been over a decade yeah god yeah Um, i just make you feel old a little bit great me too (laughs) uh we played these back when we used to work at Hollywood Video. Yeah,
0: man. <laughs> um, the first game is Pimp the Backhanding. Yes. Now, warning. Um
1: This game
0: is if you get unapologetic. Tr- it's unapologetic <laughs> and if you get triggered by a violence. Violence drug abuse drug abuse or a poor portrayal of gender roles. Mm -hmm. then this is not the game for you. Yes. Um, It it is a game, and I mean, it is making fun of...
1: A horrible
0: industry. It is making fun of the (laughs) prostitution industry. Um, It is a like, I mean, this sounds horrible, and I'm sure some people are like, how could you play such a thing? But I'll be honest, like... When we were
1: young... And we were just like, this we is just hilarious.
0: we, we <laughs> replayed a game, and I still found it fun. Um, it's still fun. And you know, it's one of those and things where' point- like, I think you have to just not take it. You know, if you read too seriously into everything, um, you won't enjoy anything mm-hmm. i'm I am very much a the product of a of a of a comedian's lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, where nothing is really sacred, and everything can be made fun of, and even the most serious topics can turn into, you know, into something to smile about. Um, <laughs> and and I know that's Dangerous Waters to tread on, and it doesn't necessarily reflect my opinions of what I would believe to be proper or right, but I'll just say Pimp the Backhanding is a fucking fun game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is enjoyable and pretty solid design-wise, I feel. There's, like, good... This
0: good gameplay. Also, this is the rarest game you have in your collection? Maybe we didn't check to see if, <laughs> if the other one that we're going to talk about is rare That's or not. True. But yeah, I decided so. Like a year or two ago, I was looking at Pimp, and I realized like the deck box was falling apart a little bit. The cards are getting a little worn, and I was thinking about like maybe picking up a new set for my collection. There's, I mean, I could always get rid of the old one or give the old one to somebody else that wanted it. But I thought I'd pick up a, a fresh set of Pimp the Backhanding. I couldn't find it anywhere online. Well, I'm we're pretty sure the game developer (laughs) um, has since gone under, and on top of them being out of business, uh, there's just not many copies of this game out there. So much so that the only one we could find um, at the time of this recording was a listing on eBay for $125. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, which is crazy because I'm pretty sure I paid like. 10 or 15 if you're <laughs> right.
1: um, So enough of that. So the game itself, um, it's a relatively simple game. It's a card game. It's a card game, yes. Uh, essentially, you're trying to...
0: Uh, a standalone card game, mind you. Yes, like, you buy this, you have it.
1: Uh, it's all encompassed in one deck. Uh, two to four or... Two to four players. Two to four players. Um,
0: it does not come with dice. You do need um, at least one six-sided die. Mm-hmm. Um, there is... Three types of cards. There are hoe cards. Um, <laughs> there are the pimp cards. And then there are the draw cards. Cards that can be one of several things. Yeah. Um, I will say to those that scoff at hearing about the pimps and the hoes, they did not, however, make pimps and hoes exclusively male and female That's gendered. True. There are male hoes. And there are female pimps, <laughs> so at least that's count that for what it's worth.
1: Indeed.
0: But um, in the beginning of the game, you draw five pimps uh, face up for all the players in the game. Mm-hmm. Each pimp has a backhanding score and a macking score. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just gonna get worse. By the way, the person, this is all in the instructions. They're all they, these are actually the terminologies. The person who are who's dealing the cards, yeah, they're called the card bitch. So the card bitch draws um, five pimps for each player face up. um, And then there are five hoes from the hoe deck Mm -hmm. face up on the field. Um, Then you have three um, phases that consist uh, or that a round consists of. And there are three total rounds of the game. The first phase is called. The macking, macking phase. Yes. Everybody has these five of the draw deck cards. They're concealed from other players. Um, each of them can have different qualities. It could be another pimp to add to your arsenal. Mm-hmm. It could be modifier cards to add to the backhanding or macking scores of your pimps. Or they can be situational cards that you know you read the situation at hand and then you can play the card at, the, a, appropriate at the appropriate time. time to affect the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the macking phase... The as I said, um, you go around, you roll a die to see who goes first, mm-hmm. and the two to four players decide which pimps they want to mac on which hose. Yes. Um then once everybody has decided how many pimps they want to send out, because once you use a pimp to Mac, you can't use that pimp again until the next round. So if you want to backhand, you got to save some pimps. Um, this is ridiculous. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. It just gets worse. The more, you, the more you talk about it, the more you're just like, I can't believe this is a thing. <laughs> but it's a thing. And like I said, I, it, I, maybe it makes me a bad person, but it is incredibly fun to play. Um Anyway, so then once all of the pimps have been assigned, um, you go through the macking, which is the you, there's the macking modifier on the pimp. Mm-hmm. Every person rolls a die, and they add the modifier to their die roll, if plus any if, other... If
1: they're contesting. The if same. they're
0: contesting. If there's no contest, if only one person is macking on one hoe, that pimp gets that hoe. That's right. Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, then comes the backhanding phase. Yes,
1: indeed, the backhanding phase. So... Uh, once you have each pimp and hoe assigned, uh, you can take your remaining pimps and you can you can essentially eliminate the hoe from the opposite pimp. And the pimp. And the pimp itself. You get
0: into a uh, backhanding fight. Yes.
1: So you you move your pimps to whichever hoe you want to contest. It's really another contest. Um, and then you both roll. Whoever has the higher roll plus the backhanding modifier. Uh if the challenger wins, then the hoe is sent to discard pile and the pimp is essentially beat up and resting. Resting. He can't come back unless you play a Or card, she. Or she. Um, the pimp can't come back until you play a, a card to recover them. Right. But, a situational draw card. Mm-hmm. But if the defending pimp wins, then the opposing pimp is. All, all, all beat up and right. resting and they get to retain their hoe
0: <laughs> and then after the backhanding phase is over the final phase of the round is called the money laundering phase that's when you send all of the hoes that you've kept into like a pile on the side that you'll need for later um, for all the money laundering. And there's also certain situational cards you can play during you can that play phase. Like
1: detrimental cards or beneficial cards. At right. Time. Like,
0: just to give you one example, Jengis um, had a hoe that was worth $100. I played a card that made the hoe worth half of that, yes. so $50. Um, but that card could only be played in the money laundering phase. But then he played another card yeah. to make him
1: worth $20 And Make each of his hoes $20 <laughs>
0: less. So that $100 hoe went to a $50 hoe, went to, went a, to a, th- a $30 hoe, yes. and then eventually made him discard it. So it worked out really well for me. My pimps were on on point. So you do that, and then once that's over... You re, you redraw five new draw cards, red cards. Mm-hmm. They add to your hand. It's never like... There's no card limit to your hand size. So let's say you didn't play a single situational card the entire first round, and you had five red cards in your hand, the draw cards, you get five new. So you have a hand size of 10. So you mm-hmm. can save cards for strategy purposes. Yeah. Um, but you draw new, five new cards, put out five new ho- uh, five new hoes, and you start the whole process over right. again. And you do that... Uh, two th- more times. Two more
1: times for a total of three rounds. And then whoever has the most money at the end of the game is the winner. Is the pimp. That's right. <laughs> uh, and that's it. Wholesome family game, really. Yeah. Wholesome family values. <laughs> it's, uh, It's I mean, I would say, you know, if you could find it, but you might not be able to find it anymore. But so
0: come on down and play it in the business. <laughs> I mean, I I remember playing this game all the time um, at the other Joe at his house all the time. Not Magic Joe, D&D Joe. That's right. I remember playing Pimp at his place like nonstop. And part of what makes Pimp and the next game we're going to review, um, part of the fun of it is to get into the ridiculous banter of mm-hmm. the game. Like, you know, to being just like, like being like stereotypical and like talking about like ridiculous things mm-hmm. and like sexual maneuvers and positions and favors <laughs> and like you know what I mean? Like that all of that banter, that little role play. That's what makes the game fun. It's it's the interaction between people. So, two thumbs up? Uh, without morals, two thumbs up. With morals, uh, let's not talk about the game. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I still will, you know... I mean, like, even on the box, it literally says... Surgeon Generalismo's warning. Playing pimp has been determined to be dangerous to your moral health. This game con- uh, contains mature themes and profanity so they warn so you. I mean they warn you on the side that it is literally not a game for people who have morals like you or who like you know can't take a a joke. a joke about what could be a very serious
1: subject indeed so moving on to our second game another game from our past uh, it's this is essentially two games but the game we played was called beer money
0: there's another uh, game uh called lunch money which fun fact all of the images on the cards of this game, if I remember correctly, they're all images of the game creator's daughter. That's right. And in Lunch Money, she was like a little girl, <laughs> and in Beer Money, she's like a teenage, she's like grown up. So it's like, you know, the difference between Lunch Money and Beer Money. Like
1: that's, I thought it was funny. It is funny. Uh, so Beer Money is a little bit more, it's it's pretty much simulating a fight. Yeah. Um, and this also two to four players. Uh Beer Money is a total
0: of two to four players, yeah. yeah.
1: So, um so it's good that you can play with two. It's still fun with
0: two. Um we actually had uh, we so we 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 replayed Pimp tonight before the cast just to sort of remember and get a feel for the game because it had been literally years. Yes. Um and we did the same thing with Beer Money and we knew it was getting late and we needed to like start the cast. But we ended up playing a second game of Beer Money. And that should tell you right there <laughs> how we, much fun Beer
1: Money is. We really is. had
0: fun. Yeah.
1: Um, so Beer Money, I mean, I could get the, the, the instructions are a bit wordy. Um, but essentially what it's you're doing. It's less do-
0: complicated than the instructions think. show.
1: But really what you're doing is you're either you're throwing out an attack and your opponent can either can block or defend against it. And then once that's done, you redraw back
0: up to your hand size. Right. So everybody starts with 15 life. Yeah. Um, they call them counters. Um, and you can't go above 15. Um, and you have to have some sort of representation of 15. You can use bottle caps or cigarette butts, as they tell you in the game. Um, <laughs> we, but We use spin-down dice. We use spin-down dice. Spin <laughs> dice. You can also use d6s. It's whatever you wish. Um, and there are four really types of actions or so, maybe five that you can take on your turn. The first one is if it's your turn, you can attack. Um also on your turn you can heal on your turn you can um discard discard to redraw or you can just generally pass but it would never really be a wise idea to just pass you're better off if you're going to pass you're better off at least discarding something at least one card at least one card and just trying to fix your hand up a little bit um and then when it's not your turn really the only thing you can do if you have the cards for it is defend um there are combos that go off, but re- just like Pimp, Beer Money is a game where the banter and the role play aspect of it is what makes it fun. Like yeah. the cards, like Love Tap, it's like you know I squat down on my knees and hit you in the nuts, like you know what I mean, like a little Love Tap, a little, little sack Tap, um, stuff like that makes it like yeah makes yeah, it
1: yeah a little fun to it. Right. you describe your actions much like we would later take it into our D D campaigns, right? Just like you know, be very like you know robust in our descriptions of what we did, like, I reel back and I deal a mighty kick to your gut. Oh, but I dodge that <laughs> kick and then I come and give you a knuckle sandwich. And then while you hit me with that knuckle sandwich, I reach around, I find a pile of beer bottles,
0: I try to smack you. Right oh again. no, not the reach around, you hit me right in the head. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, like like I said, like it, it gets, it's the banter partially mm. that makes, I think, the game so much fun, but also, it is like, we hadn't once again. We hadn't played it in in literally in years, and even though the directions were a bit wordy, it took the first couple turns in the first game to get back in the habit, and by yeah. the second game, it was it was smooth. Yeah, smooth sailing. Smooth sail. I mean, there are just certain cards that you still need to reference because. In addition to like you know the basic attacks and weapons there are certain attacks that have special effects added to and them like requirements and so other things that require like really the only requirement is some certain cards require a grab yeah. that's the main thing like there's a grab card and you need to grab to do certain maneuvers and which makes sense if you think of the maneuvers like one's like a pile driver one's like a choke one's like, you know a manhandle like things that would require a grab mm-hmm. um there's a bit of strategy there and
1: like um all in all, it's really just a solid game. Yeah. I wonder it's just like
0: I wonder if it's still in circulation. Now. Yeah. We should we should check that. Yeah. And while we're checking that, um I can't tell you how many times that we played this and lunch money both um in our younger years, specifically when we were working our jobs at Hollywood Video. Um, when that was when Hollywood Video was a thing. Uh we would literally find any time we could to play this game um if there were no customers in the store like forget about it oh hey look at that so jenny's just pulled up on his ipad real quick as a sidetrack. Um, Beer money, unlike Pimp, is still around. Mm-hmm. Atlas Games are the creators. You can get it on Amazon for about sixteen bucks. Yeah, so highly sale. highly recommend to pick up. Um, and you can also also by the way, you can combine them. You can combine Beer Money with Lunch Money and Lunch Money sticks and stones and Lunch Money sticks and stones. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we would find any chance we could to play Beer Money. Like we would be in the back office. We'd have a game going. A customer would come in. We have to like stop and like come out, take care of the customer, go back, play more beer money. And like, you know, and I always wonder what people would think, like we were playing and like, you know, if someone was walking around the store in the back and they were, you know, searching for their movie through mm-hmm. like, you know, the all the titles that we had. I can't imagine what they'd be thinking hearing like, you know, I pull my fist back and I cold cock you in the face, <laughs> but I block it and then I grab you and I give you a spinning pile driver. Oh, oh! But I I bring out my horror of horrors when you try to pile drive me. I pants you and I make fun of you and the whole school's laughing at you. It could just be like the most ridiculous things. Um, I also remember playing this, like, in the middle of, like, the CCM cafeteria. Yeah,
1: it was there, too. Yeah,
0: that was another place we played a lot of beer money, lunch money. Because
1: it's, like, it was just – it's a self-contained card game. Yeah. You just bring the box, very small, very, like, easy to carry around, and you could just play a couple rounds. They're not not long rounds. No, very short. And, like, that's why it was really great. Like, that was kind of – that's what's great about these portable, like, card games is that, you know, you have a fun experience – and you could have it really anywhere. Yeah,
0: and it was I. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, all in all,
1: two thumbs up. Two like thumbs yeah, like way uh, up. yeah, two
0: thumbs way up. Beer Money <laughs> is is definitely a game that I, after playing both this and Pimp specifically Beer Money, but I mean both of them really. I I, I turned to Jangus and I was like, I can't believe we haven't been playing these games more. Like what happened to these games? Like why <laughs> have they just been sitting on the shelf all these years? Why did we forget how much fun these games were? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. yeah. Um, Coming up, as I said, please look forward. If you didn't hear it earlier, if you skipped ahead, look forward to our two-part one-year anniversary special mm-hmm. um, where we get to teach Evan some uh, <laughs> <laughs> some magic in Dungeons & Dragons. That's you get right. to hear his candid reactions as he has to learn we're games. T- we're
1: turn from a geek to a nerd.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I feel like a broken record talking about this D&D game that still is you now
1: it's it's coming it's coming but uh in actual that's currently happening news uh uh I would like to plug that every month every Tuesday I stream on Geekade's Twitch channel at twitch.tv/geekade uh and Dean of uh of Geekade also streams on Monday and I would really recommend you come check us out we usually play uh Dean plays some retro games. Usually, I play some more modern games. We have a lot of fun, and I I would would love it if you all would come out and just
0: check us out. And also, um, on Wednesday nights, I uh, I go to sleep at about nine. No, oh, that's nice. I, that has nothing to do with anything, but I just I felt like I needed to add to the day compendium. <laughs> 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 that'll do it for us dave
1: yeah um, any any, f- any parting
0: words to our lovely audience happy new year and here's to a successful 2017 ladies indeed. and gentlemen indeed take care bye